As Pastor Dan mentioned, as we began our theme, as we focus on God's Word, is that Christmas is a story about home. And I think that you hear that often around this time of year. a little bit of a different kind of Christmas carol. Anyone familiar? You heard this last couple of weeks? Yeah. So I don't know, if your family is anything like my family, we've been uh, listening to Christmas music for a while. (laughs) It's been playing, and maybe for you too, whether uh, it's been in the car, whether it's been as you go out to dine, to shop, uh, in your own homes, but the Christmas tunes have been going, and maybe you recognize that one. Well, there's no place like home for the holidays. It was first recorded by a man named Perry Como in 1954, and it has become a classic tune of Christmas, right? You've probably heard it several times in the last month. You've even sung along to it, like I tend to do when Christmas music is playing. And I think that we all love the sentiment, right? There's no place like home for Christmas. To be at home, be surrounded by your family, to pull up that that warm, cozy blanket, snuggle up with it, and have the hot chocolate, the Christmas movie, to have all those traditions that have been a part of generation after generation after generation in your family, and now they come into this new house, this new home to be enjoyed by current generation. Vibrant tables that are, that are decorated and adorned with the, the finest china and those amazing aromas that are coming out from the kitchen. The children. Well, you know, kids, you, you gather around that, that Christmas tree and what's at the very bottom of that Christmas tree? Those beautifully decorated boxes filled with joy, gifts of love, from those who care about you. And so I think we love the sentiment of Perry Como's song, and especially when he goes on to sing in the next verse, he says, oh, there's no place like home for the holidays because no matter how far away you roam, if you want to be happy in a million ways, you can't beat home sweet home. Happy in a million ways. That's, that's what we want. That's what we desire at Christmas. But here's my question. Does Perry Como's classic Christmas tune, does it ring true for you and your family? Does it ring true for all of us? In our homes. And when he sings about people traveling from Pennsylvania to get their homemade pumpkin pie 
from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Gee, the traffic is terrific. And if you pine for the sunshine of a, a friendly face, and we love hearing it, we love singing it, but the truth is that's, that's not real. Do you know what is real? Uh, this week, as I prepared to speak to you tonight, my phone vibrated. Those long vibrations. And the, the tone that played was not the new holiday jingle that I'd made my ringtone. It was a different tone. It was an amber alert. It was an amber alert out of a suburb of Dallas, Texas. And I looked up the place. And it looks like a, a wonderful community. It looks like a, a beautiful place. It looks like it would be a great place for you to raise your family. It would be a great place for you to turn a house into a home. And I, of course, I don't know anything about the family that was the subject of that Amber Alert, but I could tell by the names that they were family. They were a home. And you see, a home is so much more than a place, isn't it? A home is about people. If you are taking notes, that's the first main point, that a home is more than a place. It is people. And there were people in that home who did not find happiness in a million ways. The people in that home, I could tell that that was a home that was hit by stress, frustration, anger, desperation, sadness, and pain. That's what had infiltrated that home. And your family doesn't need to become the subject of an amber alert for there to be pain and suffering and sadness and desperation in your home, does it? Now maybe for some of you this Christmas is going to be a little bit harder because all those family traditions that you want to celebrate, well, they're going to seem just a little bit less because someone is not there to celebrate them with you this year. And maybe right now you are actually filled with, with anxiousness and nervousness about what's going to take place in your home, whether there's going to be laughter and love and joy, or instead if that's going to be replaced by anger and argument, maybe even hatred. Maybe your table is going to be empty and bare this year. Maybe your memories are going to be filled with loss. And maybe what causes Christmas to feel so cold isn't going to be ice or snow, but it's going to be a relationship that's grown cold. That's a little dark for Christmas, isn't it? I'm mean, like, come on, Pastor, like, where is the joy? Where is the light and the peace and, and the happiness that's supposed to come with Christmas? 
Did you notice earlier tonight when you were holding your candle that the light of that candle was much brighter when the lights went off in here? Because light shines brightest when it shines against darkness. And dear friends, there is joy. There is peace and there is light for you this Christmas. And we're going to be able to see it best when we understand the darkness that we face. Joy can be in your hearts and joy can be on your lips. Even when your home hurts. Even when your home is broken. Even when your home isn't going to make for that picture-perfect Christmas card. Because Christmas still is a story about home. Christmas is the story about how our homes are healed and restored. Christmas is the story about your eternal home. And the reality of the darkness that we recognize in this world, it helps us to see just how brilliant and just how bright this story that Luke shares with us truly is. Luke first recorded his story in the first century, and it is full of truth. It is a telling of God's incredible effort to come into our world, to come into the brokenness and into the darkness and to heal it. And Luke gives us so many specific reference points so that we know that he's not just spinning a lie, but he is telling truth. So whether these words are familiar or new, I want you to listen carefully. Luke says this, In those days, Caesar Augustus, a real person, uh, the leader of the known world at that time, right? Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. That's a real place. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius, a real person, was governor of Syria, a real place. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph, a real person, also went up from the town of Nazareth, a real place, in Galilee, a real place, to Judea, a real place, to Bethlehem, a real place. The town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. This was a homecoming of sorts. We don't know for sure, but it's likely that Joseph himself might have been born in Bethlehem. You see, when the the Roman leader declared that there should be a census taken of all of his territories, the Jewish way that they would take a census is to call everyone back to their hometown. And so Mary and Joseph, they might have met family along the way on that trip as they traveled to Bethlehem, but they did not have a home in Bethlehem. And because of how many travelers were coming to that town, there was no place that was going to be conducive to childbirth. There were no hospital beds. 
There were no disinfected surfaces, no nurses whose hands had been washed and gloved and they were holding sterilized instruments. And yet, God allowed for this birth to safely take place. A baby named Jesus came into his earthly home. Luke continues his story and he says, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Baby Jesus was born into homelessness. He didn't have a home. Until Mary and Joseph gave him a home. And Mary, this was her firstborn son. She loved him dearly. She wrapped him in those swaddling cloths in order to protect him, in order to keep him warm. But this story is so much deeper than that. Luke mentions so many different places in his telling of this story. All of them homes of some sort. But the most important place in this story wasn't a home until God made it a home for all of us, for you and for me. The most important place in this story is that that manger, that feeding trough for animals, because there in that manger was placed this baby who is our home. You see, not only was this baby Mary's firstborn son, but this baby was God's own firstborn son. God from God, light from light, true God from true God. He was the one who is and who was and who is to come. Not only did this new, fragile human flesh become wrapped in claws in order to keep him warm and safe, wrapped in those claws by Mary and Joseph's hands, but divine holiness, divine power was wrapped in human flesh and blood by the hands of God as Heavenly Father. This is truly a story about home. Because it's about our homes and the deep need that they have for healing. It's about the home that you are now given through this baby who was born without a home. And so Christmas is the story of a homeless babe born to give you a forever home. Jesus chose to come to a place that had no room for him. Not just Bethlehem, but this world. This world would have no place for Jesus. It would have no place for his incredible compassion. It would have no place for his unequivocal upholding of justice and righteousness. It would have no place for his calls and demands for morality. It would have no place for his overflowing forgiveness. And yet Jesus chose to come to this place because we needed him to. It makes it the story of our homes healed 
and restored. You see, the, the brokenness in our own homes, it stems from something much deeper. Uh, the relationship that has gone south is our relationship with God. The one who created us to be his highest joy, who wants to love us dearly, who wants to wrap us in his almighty arms, and yet we turn away from him. We flee from him. Isn't the emptiness that we feel in our homes so often because our hearts have been emptied of love and compassion? How often isn't the reason that we are so quick to anger and so quick to argument and so quick to hate in our own homes is because of our own selfishness? We are spiritually homeless. It's infiltrated our world, our communities, our hearts, and our homes. But it is exactly the reason that this baby was born. It's exactly the reason that this homeless babe was laid to rest in a manger because he came to fix the brokenness. He came into the darkness to shine his incredible light. He came to bring you back home. You see, this this is just the beginning of the story. And Luke would go on to continue this story of home. He would again give witness to this homeless baby, now grown, but once again in the hands of others. He would define that fragility of human flesh not as this baby was laid to rest in a rough wooden manger, but the fragility and the weakness of human flesh would be on full display as his arms were stretched across a rough cross. And he would be wrapped. And be wrapped again in cloths. Not to be placed in a manger, but to be placed in a tomb. He would be wrapped in those cloths, not full of life and energy, fresh and new, but completely exhausted, fully drained of all life and all energy. And yet just as at his birth where there was a miracle, there would be a miracle there too because he would rise again. And he would be able to show those hands, those hands that had been once so tenderly caressed by Mary to comfort him, the hands that then were violently pierced, hammered, driven into that wood. He would be able to show those hands and all that he had done to save you and me. Dear friends, that is the light that shines so brightly at Christmas. That is the reason that you have for joy. You can rejoice in the story of Christmas and the story that Luke tells. You can rejoice in all that God has done for you, no matter what your home looks like. No matter if it will be filled with joy or it will be filled with sadness, you can rejoice in what God has done because God has come to heal the brokenness. And he will heal it in your forever home. But that healing, it can start right now. Through this baby Jesus, that healing can start right now. And I'm going to warn you, it might take humility. 
It might take letting go of the anger and the grudges. It might take forgiveness, and that might be hard, incredibly hard. But put your focus on this baby. Put your focus on Jesus. Make room in your heart for him. Begin to heal the brokenness in your homes, in your families. Begin to heal that brokenness as you make room in that home for Jesus. And so we can sing. We can sing with joy and happiness because there truly is no place like home for the holidays. Especially when you know where your real home is. Your real home is found in that manger. It's found in that Savior who has been born to you. It's found in Jesus. Whether that simple classic tune that Perry Como sings, whether that rings true for your family or not, this simple classic story that Luke writes, it is true. It is true for you. It's a true story of your home healed and restored, your home found in Jesus Christ, your Savior. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.